You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. With conferences, town halls, and other events all shifting to a virtual environment, Toronto Centre's Leadership Program for Women Financial Supervisors and Regulators was no different. Learning how to pivot programs, case studies, and seminars to a digital platform was a task that Toronto Centre tackled head-on as they prepared for the inaugural Women's Leadership Program. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Centre's first podcast on women in leadership. I'm your host, Sylvie Charland. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Toronto Centre's President and CEO, Babak Abbasadeh, as well as Carol Houlihan, our Gender Advisor, James Clemens, Program Co-Facilitator, and Yvonne Mores, Program Director at Toronto Centre. Our discussion will focus on Toronto Centre's Leadership Program for Women Financial Supervisors and Regulators in Sub-Saharan Africa. Topics will include why Toronto Centre decided to host this program, why it's important to support and highlight women's leadership, and we'll talk about findings from the program. Now let's kick this off with my first question for Babak. Babak, why did Toronto Centre embark on this journey with its inaugural program for women supervisors and regulators in sub-Saharan Africa? Thank you, Sylvie. Let me start by stating that we are committed to increasing the capacity of all men and women financial supervisors and regulators, gender equality, and promoting women's economic advancement. The challenges women face in the workplace are very different than what men face. Women face challenges to their authority and or systemic male culture bias that hinder their ability to lead, grow, and advance. Just to give you an example, when a man firmly advocates his position, he's praised for being assertive, but a woman in a similar situation is sometimes dismissed as being aggressive. We all have a role to play to promote diversity and gender equality in line with a number of global policy initiatives including the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and Canada's Feminist International Assistance Policy. Research indicates women's voices, leadership, and good governance matter. Our main objective was to encourage this first cohort of women from Sub-Saharan Africa develop and strengthen their leadership competencies and skills. We provided them with leadership principles, practices, strategies, tools, mentorship, and networking opportunities to help them feel more confident, empowered, and become more effective leaders. We want to catalyze a network of qualified, active male leaders who can become agents of change, and we plan to deliver this course again in 2021. Great. Thank you, Babak. Lots of meaningful subject matter for practitioners to look forward to in 2021, for sure. 
My next question is for Yvonne. Yvonne, tell us, why is it important for TC to support women leaders in the financial and regulatory environment? Thank you, Sylvie. This program is important to support women supervisors and regulators because there are some key leadership competencies and skills we need to master to build our confidence as leaders, in addition to the strong technical skills we have. As we all know, today's leaders must be connected to each other and to their organization's corporate vision and values and focus their time and energy for maximum impact. I'd like to share a clip from Dr. Grace Moradziqua, one of our guest speakers at the recent Women's Leadership Program, where she illustrates well the importance of building relationships and staying connected. Let us take a listen to that now. I want to speak about the importance of networks. Be networks. Be aware that you are serving in a system. The system has a life of its own. Understand it and know the relationship that you need to navigate to get your work done. Know that you are called to save in the context of relationships, and this should be developed and well-oiled. When I was in the private sector, and for the over 30 years that I was in the private sector, you know, and running an insurance company, I knew the importance of relationships. But coming into the public sector, I never thought that relationships were this important, but they are even more important in the public sector. So from this program, you hopefully develop a strong network to assist each other. Regrettably, networking among women in the professional world is singularly lacking, and yet without it, we deprive ourselves of the benefits of mutual support. As emphasized by Dr. Grace, the lack of networking among professional women is depriving us of the benefits of mutual support. TC designed this program to reinforce key personal and organizational leadership skills and behaviors of a first cohort of active women supervisor leaders so that they can help their supervisor agencies inspire through its vision, achieve on its mission, deliver on its mandate, and clearly demonstrate its values to internal and external stakeholders. I'd like to share another clip from Dr. Grace which I feel is also important in addressing this question. Let us take a listen to that now. Society is not worried about their education and experience, but for women, if you get to the top, society expects a conclusive report, a conclusive report on how you got there and whether you deserve it. So I always tell my peers, bring your A game to the boardroom. I also tell my female colleagues to be proud of their femininity and not to try to be a man. There's a reason why you are there. And be a woman and let the world respect you as a principled woman who is assertive with, with a strong work ethic. Let the corporate world measure you for your expertise and not for your gender. Thank you, Yvonne. And thank you for sharing those clips. It really further explains the importance of supporting women's advancement to leadership positions. My next question is for Carol. Uh, Carol, why is it important to support women's leadership through this kind of program? Like senior women leaders everywhere, African women face particular challenges to exercising leadership at a senior level. Some of these challenges are due to women's socialization and cultural expectations, and some are specific to the organizational cultures in which they work. 
We heard from women that because they're often the only woman at a meeting of senior executives, it's expected by others and also by themselves that they'll be the ones responsible for organizational issues, taking notes, and even making tea. This program was designed to build the confidence of women leaders so they can take a solid place at the decision-making table. Thank you, Carol. Astonishing, isn't it, how much progress still remains to be achieved in some of the world's more complex contexts? I've got a three-part question for you, James. Let's begin with the first one. Um, What are some of the specific ways that the Women's Leadership Podcast addresses the needs that we're talking about? Thanks, Ruby. Uh, The program uses an experiential learning methodology, specifically linking the classroom to the world of women financial supervisors and regulators. It focuses on women's leadership issues at three different levels. So the first is what we call personal development. That makes up about 60% of the program's focus and aims to address issues of leadership identity, self-confidence, which is something that Carol mentioned a moment ago, uh, decision-making, resilience, and also relationship building, which is really foundational to leadership. The second area is what we call behaviors and practice, which focuses on about the other, another 20% of the program and seeks to have participants examine their leadership style and how they are perceived by others in the workplace. So in other words, how they're communicating, setting constructive and positive boundaries, supporting their teams, and also importantly, how are they supporting other women in the workplace? The third area that we focus on, which makes up the other 20% of the program, is what we call role models and application to the workplace. So in this approach, we invite successful women leaders to share their experiences on how they build strategic alliances and how they show up in subtle and strategic ways to overcome organizational gender culture bias, how they create support for what they're working to achieve. So being committed to the organization and its goals and also staying true to their own personal ideals. Okay, okay, so a very comprehensive, multi-tiered approach. And what can participants expect to learn through the program? Wow, uh, lots. (laughs) The the core webinars, uh, which are the components of the program that introduce participants to new concepts and strategies, focus on a variety of really important topics that directly support women leaders. So these are topics such as leading in complexity. What is your internal brand as a woman leader? How to develop and leverage your emotional intelligence for greater success? Power, privilege, and empowerment, which again links back to some of the the issues that Carol was talking about that women leaders face, uh, particularly in the financial sector. Crucial conversations, which is about women finding their voice. So in fact, five leadership voices that exist within them that they can tap into depending on the circumstances. Then we have bringing your whole self as a leader, which focuses on balancing what we call traditional male and female leadership characteristics and reframing their leadership while staying true to their own values. And then we also have a session, which is one of my favorites, uh, which is called Emerging Leadership Topics of Importance to Women Financial Supervisors. And that is a participant-driven session where they identify the leadership issues they're facing and want to discuss with their colleagues on the program. So we don't even design that one. That's designed by our participants to make it really relevant to their own world and their leadership challenges. 
Okay. And what about the pragmatic aspect of all of this, James? Will participants actually be able to apply the concepts and learnings from the Women Leadership Program to their own working environment and reality? So I might be a little biased on this, but I think, don't think there's a doubt at all that participants will be able to apply what they learn in this program back in their work environment. And I think the feedback we receive from participants concerns this as well. So in particular, the action learning component of the program is all about participants exploring their real-time leadership challenges and applying their insights and learning to those issues. The executive coaching also supports application in the workplace in a similar but different way. And all participants have at least a third of the program where their workplace challenges are the primary focus of discussion and portions of other sessions where the conversations shift to how they'll apply what they just learned. So back in the webinars that I was just speaking about, we always try and wrap up with a part of that session being about, so how are you going to take what you learned today and apply it in the workplace in the next day, week, or months ahead? Excellent. Thank you, James. We'll return to this podcast after this short break. Registration will open soon for our 2021 virtual international programs. The Securities Program is from May 10th to May 14th. The Banking Program is from June 7th to June 11th. And the Insurance and Pensions Program is from June 21st to June 25th. Our renowned programs focus on the latest emerging and accelerating risks, such as ESGs, cybersecurity, climate change financial risks, and fintech, regtech, and souptech. Registration opens soon. Follow Toronto Centre on social media or visit our website at torontocentre.org for the latest news and updates. We'll return to our podcast now. In this next segment of the podcast, we're thrilled to have with us today four participants that we invited to share their perspectives. Peace, Diana, Helga, and Rachel. Yvonne will be asking them a few questions about their experiences during and after the program. Yvonne, go ahead with your first question. Thanks, Sylvia, and welcome, ladies. Peace, why don't we begin with you? What do you feel has been your biggest transformation as a woman leader as a result of this program? So I think that one of the biggest things that I've gained from this program has been the ability to see, to see who I am as an individual, how that affects my leadership style, the opportunities it creates, but as well as the obstacles that comes along with. Thanks, Peace. Diana, can you share your thoughts? So my biggest transformation as a, a woman leader as a result of this program has been a process of self-discovery. The program is, is so powerful that it has made me more confident. It has made me to be authentic, to be me. It has taught me not to act and be like a man, but to be myself and the importance of being me. Okay, here's my second question. How has your team and or organization benefited, or do you expect them to benefit, from your participation in this program? Why don't we begin with you first, Diana? I would like to promote the culture of inclusivity. I have learned through this program that it's important to look at those that are less privileged than me, especially women, and bring them onto the table. So that is how my organization is going to benefit because once these 
women are brought onto the table, they'll be able to be given a voice. The power to convene that I have is going to be used so that they are able to have a voice and to be heard. Helga, let's go to you next. I believe as a leader, irrespectively of the gender, one must be an influencer and uh, a positive and constructive one. I believe that uh, provide constructive, regular and fair feedback helps the teams perform better and as expected and to meet their goals. And also as a leader, to be able to be receptive to receiving feedback from teams is important to, to understand how are we perceived by them. And it offers obviously an opportunity for continuous self-learning and growth. I tend to create a safe environment for them to thrive so that I, I, it's easier to give them the tools rather than give them the final product and also make them accountable for all, all components of the process. Since setting out the objectives, uh, coming up with a strategy on how to go about the objectives and then obviously the ultimate result. And so I, I believe that fosters creativity, ownership, everybody's a part of the process rather than just the leader having the vision and keeping the vision and just having them, the, the team perform it, but without actually being a part of it. Obviously, proactivity makes them more proactive, more eager to participate. And ultimately, it increases productivity. Yeah, in a nutshell, I believe those are the two areas or those are the two main benefits because I'm already exercising that on my day-to-day -day, and I'm already seeing the benefits that these two new approaches or reinforced approaches are having in uh, my leadership style and, and as a result within my team and my organization. My third and final question to our wonderful participants. Do you feel you are better prepared to support other women to advance their careers and take on leadership roles? Peace, why don't we begin with you? I, I feel better prepared to support other women in advancing their own careers and, and taking on leadership roles. If you recognize that you have some power over or some power to, then you have the power to empower. I fully intend to use that to empower other women, those in my team, and even those that are not necessarily on my team, but within the organization, uh, but those that demonstrate uh, leadership ability, qualities, I intend to speak out, to listen to them, but also encourage and support them along their leadership journey. Thanks, Peace. Rachel, what would you like to share with us? As a result of this program, I'm actually better equipped to support other women and to facilitate them advance their careers and take on leadership roles. I look at other women that are upcoming leaders and I look at them as eagles. And I'm the eagle, the mother eagle. And I want to carry them through my experience, through the things that I have been taught so that they can become high flyers and become our leaders for tomorrow. I'm so excited. In the past, I never used to look at women as potential leaders, but I look at women now and somehow I get a feeling that women are the best leaders in the world and I'm prepared to support them. Thank you, Rachel. Let's end with your thoughts, Diana. Quickly, just maybe to wrap up. You remember one of the, uh, the lessons that we were taught is that when you do a course with any other co college or university, 
you leave getting impressed uh, with the professors. But when you do a course with Toronto Center, you leave being impressed with yourself. So I have been very impressed with myself and my leadership journey so far. And I look forward to the future and how I, I can impact on others going forward. Thank you. Thank you again so much, ladies, for taking the time to speak with us today. Wish you all continued success. Thank you, Yvonne, and thank you, ladies, for sharing your insights with us. I find it makes such a difference to be able to hear about the participants' experience of the program firsthand. Carol, now that we've heard from the participants, I'm interested to hear your perspective. What were your learnings and insights coming out of the program? I think that this Toronto Centre program really effectively addressed leadership issues, supervisory issues, and gender issues that the women wanted to discuss. These ranged from gaining respect from male and female colleagues, to supervising institutions in a competently assertive manner, to sharing effective strategies for achieving work-life harmonization. According to feedback from the women, the program seems to have struck a good balance between personal growth and practical tools that the leaders are applying already in their institutions. Thank you, Carol. Yvonne, I have the same question for you. What were your learnings and insights coming out of the program? Thank you, Sylvie. The program focused through building blocks on increasing capacity in personal, team, and organization leadership. Through practical content, our focus was on helping the participants develop the mindset, skill set, and to apply approaches and tools that will help them be effective leaders, as well as enhance the performance and engagement of their teams. Specifically, our focus was to help participants gain self-awareness around their personal style and impact on others, assume the accountabilities of a leader in their supervisory agency today and tomorrow, represent their agency as a confident leader, a good communicator, and an agent of change, develop people and high-performing teams, which is key to their organizations by fostering a safe environment where teams including aspiring women leaders, can learn and develop through encouraging, managing performance, and effective coaching and mentoring. I'd like to share one final clip from Dr. Grace, where she illustrates well the importance of being a true leader and an agent of change in their reality and their community. Let us take a listen to that now. Lastly, ladies, enjoy your work. Have fun leading, have fun leading. Let those you lead also enjoy working with you. Let people look forward and aim to come and work with you because they know that you know they are going to be uplifted. I always tell my colleagues, enjoy your work. Don't let the work enjoy you. Surround yourself with vibrant, energetic people who are positive. Sharpen your soft skills to get to understand your roadblocks and bottlenecks and how to overcome them. It is a valuable soft skill. And so in conclusion, like Maxwell said, leadership is nothing but influence. As an executive woman, be an influencer. Spread your positive vibes in your organization, your family, your friends, and your circles. Be known as an impactful woman of integrity who is making a difference by changing the lives of others in the community that they are serving. That to me, is the practical radical. I thank you. Great. 
And that brings our podcast to a close. I would like to thank our guests, Babak, Carol, James, Yvonne, Helga, Diana, Peace, and Rachel, for sharing their insights with us on Toronto Centre's first leadership program for women. I'm Sylvie Charlotte, and you've been listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe to TC's podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.